This week, my guest is Bob Redding, the ASA's Washington, D.C. representative. Sit tight, because you don't want to miss it. Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I am your host, Chris Jones, editor of Ratchet and Wrench Magazine. And today, my guest is Bob Redding, the ASA's Washington, D.C. representative. Um, Bob has been on the show a couple of times with me, and we talk about right to repair topics, and today will be no different. We're going to do a quick Q1 rundown of what's happening with right to repair uh, from a legislative level. Plus, we're going to talk about some interesting things that have happened in the news with Stellantis and their decision to monetize uh, connected car vehicle data and what that could mean for right to repair and the future of independent repair shops as it pertains to getting access to vehicle repair data. Uh, We're going to talk about that and some other topics, so here is Bob Redding. Well, hey, I'm back with Bob Redding, the ASA's Washington, D.C. representative and my resident right to repair analyst. Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, Doing great, Chris. I hope you're doing well. I am. So we just published a story with you, me, and Bill Hanvey earlier this week. And in it, we talked about the idea of the automotive aftermarket being collaborators with the automakers and the obstacles to that. Uh, One of those obstacles you and I touched on was cybersecurity slash connected vehicle data. Uh, And earlier this month, Stellantis said it was building a company to monetize uh, consumer vehicle data. Do you care to explain what that means for our shop owning listeners? Yes. Um, It really should not surprise those that have been involved following the vehicle data access issue, whether it's on Capitol Hill or in a state or in the industry. Uh, in most cases, we already pay for service information now, whether through the OEMs, third-party providers, and others. Um, even during the Massachusetts right to repair uh, debate, this last round, uh, last uh, referendum and process, as you know, aftermarket entities discussed how they could focus on the distribution of, of data for shops and consumers. All of this, uh, Chris, for uh, for shops, it just affirms that we we independent repair shops have to have a path for vehicle data access, whether the OEMs provide it or Congress steps in to assure shops have access. But to date, we don't have access. And frankly, the OEMs have not in block or uh, individually provided a a resource for us to to track it, know what we're going to pay for it. And uh, these are the issues I think that we're all trying, we're struggling to work through. And uh, I, I want to mention this, and I think this is uh, really important because it's fresh today. I was over on the House side today. We've got a lot of new members, and uh, members are uh, Congress is just finalizing committee assignments, for example. And we're watching uh, committees that would have jurisdiction over over the uh, vehicle data access issue uh, in the House Energy and Commerce Committee, uh, light duty, and in the in the uh, in the heavy duty area of the House Transportation Committee, uh, but. What was evident, and and this has been the case now since we we started the 118th Congress uh, earlier this month, that there are a lot of different views about what the problem is. And there are a lot of different views about the solution. And this first months of uh, the new Congress, I think it's critical for shops and the aftermarket to educate members about um, what we're concerned about. Uh, what's the difference between service information and vehicle data access? 
and uh, what we'd like to see provided the opportunities provided independent repair shops. And uh, this is a, it's complicated, very highly technical issues and politically complicated. So this is a, a priority for us. We're, we're in a co- coalition, as you know, I think we mentioned it on a previous uh, podcast, the American Alliance for Vehicle Owners' Rights. We're trying to bring together the different views, including OEMs and dealers, uh, to work under a uh, House or Congressional House Caucus, Vehicle Data Access Caucus, a bipartisan effort, Republicans and Democrats who are interested in this issue area, to hear the different views and try to come to a solution. Otherwise, we'll have uh, groups pulling in a lot of different directions and we won't see the kind of progress we'd like to see. So that's a priority for us. It's fresh. We're just in the early stages of the 118th Congress, but you're going to hear a lot more about this, I think, in the coming months. Okay. And you mentioned educating on the concerns. Is that education from the shop to the consumer? That's education uh, from shops to members of Congress and congressional staff. Okay. Regarding shops talking to congressional staff or members of Congress, how do you recommend shop owners engage in doing that? Like, What's the best path to reach your congressman or to you know, be heard by someone in authority? Well, what we want to do in this first quarter, these first few weeks, is to have House members that are interested in this issue to certainly follow up with us. But we are uh, emailing and you know going door to door, talking to them, our coalition, car rental companies, property and casualty insurers, automotive recyclers, fleets, consumer groups, asking them to participate once it's formed for the 118th in the Vehicle Data Caucus. That'll give uh, congressional staff and members access to briefings and uh, uh, hopefully uh, provide uh, answers to questions they might have on the issue for those that uh, haven't spent a lot of time with it. So uh, this first round will be, and they'll certainly in our uh, database, shops, uh, members, and non-members, We'll communicate with them, asking them to contact their congressman to join, asking the congressman to join this uh, vehicle data caucus. Uh, we think that will be the the base or the forum for this issue to to begin to hopefully work towards a solution. Okay. And then, you know, back to the, that move by you know, Stellantis to looking to monetize the data, is that going to muddy the waters for right to repair or you know, kind of where we are right now with the automakers? Well, it's a little frustrating. I had hoped this issue would have been resolved by now, uh, either through regulation, new law, or a some type of uh, industry agreement. So what we've seen in the past, as you know, since 2002, fall of 2002, that's not the case. Uh, so we're here we are with a lot of different views and not a clear path. These, uh, I anticipate there'll be other companies do the same thing and uh, other other avenues for uh, monetizing this uh, the vehicle data. But we repairers have to have a path. And in meetings with the OEMs, uh, we have uh, been very clear with this. We had meetings in, um, in Las Vegas during industry week. And uh, I've also uh, met in January to discuss, you know, how we move forward. So we're, we're, we're hopeful, but uh, we are definitely not there yet. And so you just said you met in January on how to move forward. What were some of the, the highlights of that? Or what were some of the, the talking points that came out of that that you felt were actionable? We feel that uh, I, in our meetings with the OEs, that they hear us. 
and they understand that uh, we're struggling to find a, a path or solution, and uh, whether that's through uh, new law, uh, new federal law, or through an industry agreement. And uh, it's a complicated issue, as you know, and uh, uh, some of the activities have, um, some of the possible solutions have, have made this even more complicated. And we're trying to get back to the table with the OEs and, and have discussions and hopefully work through this. And is there any sort of timeline when those discussions are going to happen with the OEs? Well, you know, just looking at uh, Congress's schedule, uh, if we don't get something done in 23, next year is an election year and uh, a presidential election year, and uh, doing anything legislatively gets very complicated. So I would think that uh, if we're going to see some progress on this that's uh, industry-related, I'd hope we'd see it this year. And I think you're going to see uh, uh, hopefully hearings and activity in the whole uh, data access space. It's not just uh, auto data, as you know, but it's uh, much broader. But uh, I think you'll see more activity in this space uh, during the course of the year. Also, I, I, I want to mention something. I think this is a, a sign of progress. Two pieces I'd like to just plug here. One, uh, what occurred in California Air Resources Board last uh, August uh, with the uh, uh, requirement of an OB2, OBD2 port for these uh, new zero emission vehicles, but also adherence to California's uh, service information uh, uh, rule or regulation. Those uh, those things were a, a good first step in the EV space. Um, so we were we were very very pleased with uh, with that activity. Uh, the second thing has to do with happened this month with. Uh, uh, the American Farm Bureau Federation signing a, uh, a memorandum of understanding with John Deere Company, just one company, but a major uh, agricultural equipment manufacturer uh, on the uh, data access issue. And uh, when you go through it, you can see a pattern of, of the issues that were discussed throughout the service information, emissions and non-emissions uh, uh, space uh, during the last uh, 15 or 20 years. And getting to where we are today with the OE websites and what they provide by, by law uh, with the uh, uh, 1990 Clean Air Act emissions service information and by industry agreement with the uh, non-emissions service information. But uh, that AFB John Deere uh, MOU is a good template to start talking about what would it look like to have an industry agreement with the uh, with the aftermarket shops and uh, the automakers, so it's a it was it was a good sign of progress. It does not apply directly to us, but it's one more uh, action item in this area. And as you know, we had a number of bills, particularly in the Senate, that were introduced for uh, in the equipment space in uh, last year and in the last Congress, 117th Congress. So these two things: the California Air Resources Board uh, approval of their EV language, OBD2 port requirement, service information requirement, and the uh, AFB MOU are, are two items that have been in the last six, seven months that have been uh, really positive. All right. So talk to me a little bit about Maine. You know, Maine's kind of taken center stage recently in the news regarding their fight uh, for right to repair, and they seem to have crossed the threshold for signatures to, to move along to the Secretary of State. Uh, what's, your, what's your take on Maine, and what's, what's next for them? Well, that, uh, as you know, it's uh, generally following the pattern you saw in uh, Massachusetts. And uh, 
uh, we're watching it. We're not directly involved in it. Uh, our approach has been more at the federal level and views have been uh, for years that this needed to be a 50 state approach, whether it's a, uh, a, uh, an industry agreement or a, a new law. Uh, the, the independent repair shops on the collision side have witnessed firsthand what it's like to have 50 state laws on something that's critically important to you, and they're all different. And uh, relative to how uh, collision uh, shops uh, interact with insurance companies and consumers, and that alone has been indicative with uh, MSOs, consolidation of shops, uh, even if it's two shops or you own a thousand shops, if there are any of them in different states, training staff, uh, business planning, long-term business strategy plans, all have to, uh, they all look different. And so um, we would like to see a, a national approach to this, whether it's an industry agreement or a new law. And uh, that's where we're focused. Um, a state-by-state approach will be difficult. Now, the California uh, reg, you could say the same thing about what California did with their new EV piece last August. But if you look at that, uh, when they did Advance Clean Cars 1, about 17 states followed California's action, which is about 40, I think it was about 40% of the U.S. fleet. So the California uh, activity in August and what they did really doesn't compare to what we're, we're seeing in the Northeast. Uh, the, the California action is, uh, is uh, different and larger uh, as far as uh, policy for independent repair shops. Okay. And you mentioned like how state by state just isn't, uh, isn't sustainable or isn't, isn't a sustainable model for achieving the right to repair. So we're talking like just things have to really run through the national sector then. Yes. Well, that's, that's what we want to see. And the coalition we're in with the rental car companies and recyclers and insurers, you know, and consumer groups, uh, they feel the same way. They, they would like to see a, a, a national agreement or a, a federal law that uh, would control it for all the states. Okay. And then so with regards to, you know, Q1, Q2, just really bare bones, basic things, what, what can shop owners do? We talked about, you know, reaching out to legislation, but, you know, from their particular standpoint in their, their towns, their cities, their states, what would you recommend they do right now to continue to support right to repair or begin an effort to do, you know, more support for right to repair? I think at this point, uh, two things, educate their uh, congressperson or uh, their office, their staff. You don't have to know the congressman or uh, senator, but start with their staff, educate them about the issue, that uh, we have to have the data to repair these cars. Uh, that was vetted, not just for automobiles, but for everything uh, with the Federal Trade Commission uh, last year and their decision on uh, uh, data access uh, as far as the repair, uh, independent repair piece is concerned. Uh, education would be first, and then encourage uh, particularly the House members to join this vehicle data caucus. We think that will be a really good forum, whether you're on a committee of jurisdiction or not. You don't have to be on the Energy and Commerce Committee or the Transportation Committee, but uh, every single congressional district, even these territorial representatives in the Congress, have mechanical and collision repair facilities. And uh, they should uh, have some skin in the game and consider uh, joining this caucus and learning more about this issue and hopefully... Uh, during the course of this year, we will we'll, uh, obtain a solution. Well, Bob, thank you so much for your time again today and uh, for talking to me about 
you know, right to repair topics and, of course, the, the connected data. Thank you, Chris, and uh, look forward to uh, visiting with you again. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.